SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats, hour number two on this uh, Monday morning, 844-843-6879. We'll try and open up the phones here. Mondays are tough, so, so, so much to get to. Generally, uh, we don't take too many phone calls on a Monday, more so on Tuesday on, but uh, and we'll try and squeeze one in here or there. 844-843-6879, a wild day of NFL football. Uh, after a uh, terrific day of uh, college football, you got Notre Dame knocking off Clemson in a great game uh, that uh, went into double overtime before the Irish actually win it 47-40. doesn't really amount to a whole heck of a lot, although I will say uh, the polls, if, if you want to buy into them, and, and I don't, you know, the, the uh, guys that are in charge of putting the four teams in the college football playoff have shown year after year that they don't really uh, look at these polls. But for that said, Notre Dame is number two. We'll go over the college football uh, top 25, in which it's a, 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 you know, really it's a who's who of nobodies, uh, believe it or not. Uh, good old Russell Wilson cost me my fantasy football league, although I did survive with the survivor pool with Pittsburgh uh, and uh, Minnesota yesterday. Easy winners. We'll run down the NFL stuff. Tough day for Dan Marino. Uh, he, he didn't play Scott. No, he did not, but uh, it's still a tough day. I'll explain why. And uh, how about Des Bryant versus Le'Veon Bell versus Antonio Brown? Which one made any impact? Did any of them? Well, all I'm going to say is uh, the clock is ticking on one Le'Veon Bell. Well, let's put it that way. So far, so good. But the little test that maybe, just maybe, Andy Reid was putting Le'Veon Bell through to see how long it would take before he popped off. Um, you know, he's at that point now where I, I, I could see good old Le'Veon getting awfully upset. Yes, absolutely. And then there's a proposal in the NFL that, uh, boy, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of this stuff. Uh, it, it may be necessary, I suppose, but uh, I just, I'm not a fan of that. So we'll get to all that stuff. Again, some phone calls, 844-843-6879. We always do. We run down all the NFL games. I'll give you a little nugget from each NFL game, including a, a, a gaffe yesterday that really cost the, the Jacksonville Jaguars as the, the NFL officials screwed up again. What else is no? I'm Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning with your truly Scott Lester. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. All right, Gene Sperritore, he's adding a nice, interesting wrinkle. Fuller on the catch, and he breaks free. Will Fuller will score. 
shouldn't have, but he did. And that turned out to be the difference in the ball game. Bengals and Bad Beats on a uh, Monday morning, 13 past the hour, every Monday at this time. Uh, one of my favorite segments of the uh, the show uh, throughout the week, and that is we run down every single NFL game, give you a little nugget, to try and pick something out that, listen, you could read. You're going to hear dopey announcers talk about some of the more significant plays, but I like to go behind the scenes and delve into why things really did occur. So first off, Houston beats Jacksonville 27-25. We'll start there. Uh, that touchdown gave them a two-score lead. It should not have happened. A 77-yard touchdown pass. Uh, to Will Fuller, sixth straight game in which he scored a touchdown. Oh, by the way, shouldn't have happened because the clock, the play clock, or the uh, yeah, the play clock went down to zero. Now we've seen numerous times where the play clock goes down to gear, uh, zero, but you get a pregnant pause to allow the play to still go off. In fact, I heard one of the lead officials say the rules technically are that the back judge looks at the play clock when it gets to zero, then it focuses his eyes on the snap of the football. So that that pregnant pause of looking at the game clock go to double zero or play clock go to double zero and then looking down at the line of scrimmage to see if the snap has been done gives them that extra little, you know, third, half a second. So in this case, it was a good, it was, you know, and I tried to, you know, poke holes in this, but it was a good three seconds, if not four. You know, I, I would say in between three and a half and four, um, when that play clock went to zero and the snap of the football. I mean, I, the guy must have fell asleep. It's as simple as that. He, he must have forgot his assignment because there's just no way in the world you would allow that much time for a delay game penalty. So instead of a delay game penalty occurring, they let the play go on, and it turns out to be a touchdown. Now, should that play have counted? No. Uh, if they do a delay game penalty, would the same play have occurred? I, I don't know, but the bottom line is they missed a five-yard penalty. Houston wins. All right, that's the focus of the game uh, because people are going to point to that. My focus, though, is, listen, Houston up 27-25. They have fourth and six at the Jacksonville 38-yard line with a minute and change left. And Romeo Crennel, the same guy that a couple of weeks earlier up eight uh, with a chance to win the game. We're actually up seven with a chance to, to win the game by scoring a two-point conversion in the final minute against Tennessee. Decides to go for two, not get it. But you know what? I like his aggressiveness. And he said, listen, we, we scored a two-point conversion. We, we go up nine with two minutes left, ball game over. You know, that same guy is now punting at the Jacksonville 38-yard line with a chance to kick a field goal and win the game because at that point they were up eight. Or even if you go for it, and not kick the field goal, you know, at least you're trying to get the first down, fourth and six with the Sean Watson. Your offense has been terrific. You're moving the football up and down the field, but instead he punts. You punt from the opposition 38-yard line. You give Jacksonville a chance, and what does Jacksonville do with good old Jake Luton, who's throwing the football all over the place? They march right down the field in the final minute and a half. They score a touchdown, but they fail to convert to two-point conversion, and Houston wins 27-25. I, I just thought that was kind of weird. You know, you're an interim head coach. There's no delusion that he's getting the head coaching job, I wouldn't think. And you got a chance to seal the deal. You know, you're going absolutely nowhere. You're one in six. You know, you're leading by uh, eight. You a chance to put the game away, and you punt the ball at the opposition's 38-yard line. Oh, that's brutal, Romeo. Just brutal. And lo and behold, like I said, the, the Luton kid, he, you know, uh, he throws for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. It's amazing. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry can throw for 300 yards in the NFL. Everybody. It is just remarkable 
the stiffs that are thrown for 300 yards in the NFL. He's one of them. Although I will say, how about this? How cool is this for this guy, right? You know, he may not turn out to be anything in his NFL career. Uh, maybe spend a year or two in the league as a backup and then be you know thrown away. But he could always say his first NFL pass, a 73-yard touchdown pass. How cool is that to DJ Clark? Minute 27 in, this game was 7-7. But Houston wins 27-25. Not good news for Dolphin fans as uh, the Texans get their second win as they fall behind, if you will, in the battle for the number one overall pick, which the Dolphins own Houston's. Uh, Giants knock off Washington 23-20. They improved to 2-7. Uh, Redskins fall to 2-6. Uh, Alex Smith came in the game after Kyle Allen got uh, whipped by uh, Julio Pep uh, Julius Peppers, which um, was not really, you know, uh, it wasn't Peppers' fault. I say Julius. He's not Julius Peppers, obviously. That's the uh, old Carolina Panther defensive lineman. Um, but, but it wasn't really his fault. He was being blocked, and his he was kind of diving to the ground, and his legs whipped and hit Kyle Allen's legs. Now, when I watched it uh, live, no big deal. Later on, I was, it was you know watching some highlights, and then I saw an angle of how bad it was and it was like oh that was ugly this was again you didn't see it originally but this was joe theisman like this this was you know uh awful it, it really was uh it was well, it was alex smith like that's how bad it was um i guess he broke his leg when, when he got thrown when peppers got thrown uh, his leg whipped and it crashed into uh, Kyle Allen's leg. And you could see Kyle and Allen's leg right below the knee kind of go sideways. And then the ankle went, you know, the knee was going to the right. The shin was going to the left. And then the ankle was going back to the right. I mean, it, it take a look at that. If you find that view, it's from the back end zone. Because I didn't quite get why it hurt so much. I guess figured he just got kind of got bumped into. They're not that that big a deal. But then you see that angle and you see that bottom of his leg go in five different directions. Yeah, that that's uh, that that's got how how ironic is that that Kyle Allen basically suffers the same type of injury that Alex Smith did. So Smith comes in, you know, he throws for three hundred yards naturally. Uh, but the last drive they had, they're driving. He's under pressure, and he commits just a rookie mistake, just a rookie mistake. Uh, he throws the ball up for grabs. And, and Logan Ryan, which I suppose is, is uh, fitting in some respects because he's the same New York Giant that last week was talking about how his wife got saved because the team doctor suggested she should go to the hospital because she's got some pains. So a real feel-good story for the, for the Giants this week, and he ends up making the interception that steals the deal. Giants win at 23-20. So Alex Smith, like I said, played fairly well numbers-wise. 325 yards, uh, a touchdown, but it was picked off three times. Just, just some bad passes. So in a game that Washington, you know, they win, they go to three and five. They're in first place. They're in, they're in first place. They could have beaten the lousy one-win New York Giants. They would have been three and five, a half a game in front of the three-six and one uh, Philadelphia or three-five and one Philadelphia Eagles. But they, they can't do it, and the Giants win. Get a load of these numbers. Daniel Jones, as pathetic as he is, good old uh, out comes the moniker Danny Dimes again. Will you please take it easy with the Danny Dimes stuff, please? And the guy's won, you know, three three games in his career. Actually, he's won five. Four against Washington. He's four and oh against the Redskins and one in sixteen against everybody else. Only his second game of his short little career without having a turnover. The other one against Washington. 
So if the Giants can somehow get Washington on its schedule for 16 games, they might go undefeated. Otherwise, they're in a lot of trouble. But the Giants win 23-20. Uh, Baltimore beat Indianapolis 24-10. They improved to 6-2. and Down 10-7. Key moment in the game, I suppose. Indy uh, with the football to start the uh, third quarter. If they throw an interception, which really was not an interception, it really wasn't, you know, and I'm not a big Philip Rivers fan, but I'll give him credit for this because he sounded off after the game saying, listen, these instant replays, on the surface, you watch that, and there isn't a person in the world that thinks it's an interception. Defensive back falling backwards, has it in his hands. He's tumbling to the ground, so he's taking a couple of quick steps. They rule incomplete. They challenge, which I'm surprised they did. And they win the challenge because the official says because he took three steps while falling to the ground, that means possession. They rule it a fumble. Baltimore gets it. They score a touchdown. They take the lead. They score again later on. And uh, that was it for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, not to be heard from ever again. So 24-10, uh, Baltimore wins it. And uh, Lamar Jackson now 25-5 as he ties with the Freedom All right, uh, Vegas and Bad Beach, more coming up, including Minnesota and Detroit. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Well, that is not a good sign. He didn't practice all week. We've said it a couple times. If you're just joining us late, he was in COVID restriction. Here's the first down handoff and Cook. Like a bullet break. Oh, he's gone. There he goes, galloping, chased on the play by Kirsten Trufant. Give him six. What a play. 70-yard run. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook uh, with uh, 70 yards of his 206 yards rushing yesterday. <clears throat> Seventh straight game with a touchdown as uh, Minnesota knocks off the Detroit Lions 34-20. to Scott Wetzel sitting in on this Monday morning, 25 past the hour, taking you to the top of the hour. Our poll questions one more time real quickly. Pick one quarterback for your NFL team for the next 10 years. Uh, Joe Burrow leading away 46%. Herbert 33 our guy, two attacks at 13, the proverbial other at seven. I'll read some of those a little bit later on. And then our second poll question, we got two. We're double dipping here. Uh, best program's biggest fall from Grace, uh, Penn State at 0-3, leading the way 48%. Nebraska at uh, 8%, and Michigan at the 34%, other at 8%. And we got a number of votes with Florida State, which is a good one. That's a really – I probably should have put Florida State for more recent times than Nebraska, but uh, – uh, that's a pretty good. You talk about four, you know, Nebraska and uh, Florida State. I suppose in Michigan, for that matter, really have come back down to earth. Uh, you know, Penn State really might be just this year, but still a uh, pretty good poll there. Put it up. Uh, we put it up there and uh, get your vote in at opposite picks. All right, Vikings do beat the the Lions, thirty four twenty. They improved to three and five. Uh, knocking off the Lions, which uh, fell behind, you know, thirteen nothing early. Matthew Stafford leaves the game in the third quarter, down twenty-seven to ten with a concussion. Have to check out his, uh, you know, availability for this upcoming week. 
Um, really, though, the game was decided 27-10, Stafford, <clears throat> back-to-back possession. Again, we say this every single week with Matthew Stafford. He's going to post the numbers. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame if you want to go by the numbers. But is he a winning quarterback? No, he's not. Now, the game was decided. Don't use his injury as an excuse, Lion fans. 27-10, third quarter, midway through. You know, still time. Drives the football inside the Minnesota 20-yard line. He throws a pick. Eh, going to happen, Scott. All right, so the Vikings get the football. They punt it right back to Detroit. Uh, next possession for the Lions. He drives the Lions right down the field again. Throws an interception again, this time in the Viking end zone. And that was your ball game for all intents and purposes. That, that, that was the last shot that they had. 27-10. Vikes want to win a 34-20. Stafford again leaves. Six straight win and cover for the Vikes uh, against uh, Detroit. Tennessee knocks off Chicago 24-17. Boy, if you could bottle up the Bears off a uh, deep uh, offense, if you could bottle up the Bears offense in the fourth quarter and use that for the first, second, and third, you'd have a championship team. But for whatever reason, it takes this offense three-plus quarters to finally get in gear. I don't know if it's wearing down the opposing team's defense. I don't know if the opposing team's defense just lets up. Uh, but, you know, we saw it against the Falcons. We saw it last week in a game that they could have won. Uh, we saw it again yesterday. They're trailing 24-3, ball game over, but the Bears finally get their ass in gear. They cut it to 24-17. They don't win, but, you know, they, they made a game of it. But their offensive line is just brutal. You can yell and scream about Nick Foles. who ends up throwing for 300-plus uh, yards, two touchdowns, first time since 2018. He actually threw for 300 yards. He is bailing out. I will definitely grant you that. but. Uh, that offensive line, they continue to run for 50 yards or less basically every single game. They got no running game whatsoever, and Foles is under pressure. You know, the moment he drops back to pass, Bears did everything in the world to try and win this football game. They ran a fake punt, uh, which they actually were successful on, and they just couldn't score. I, I mean, uh, you know, eventually it was 17 nothing, and, uh, you know, like I said, 24-3 to at one point. They did score twice, uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Kansas City holds off Carolina 33-31. Chiefs are now 8-1. Panthers fall to 3-6. They might be the best 3-6 football team. They are in every single game. Teddy Bridgewater now 21-4 against the spread in his career as an underdog. Now, not winning, but against the spread. Panthers also, by the way, ran a fake punt. It was a good day for fake punts yesterday. Um, you know, they had a chance to win it, but uh, Sly, their field goal kicker, came up. A little wide right on a 67-yard field goal try at the end of the game. Mahomes goes for 372, four touchdowns. He's the fastest to 100 touchdown passes uh, in NFL history, beating Dan Marino's mark by four games, only 40. Which, you know, when you think about it, it really doesn't seem like that much. It's two and a half a game. Um, you know, it, it is some, but not that's not over. You know, 30 would be like, wow, really impressive. But still, uh, he gets the mark as Kansas City wins. Uh, they had a chance to, to win this one by double digits and at least give yourself a push, but their field goal kicker, uh, Butker, missed another extra point. He's been pretty brutal this year. Christian McCaffrey, I'll I tell you what, uh, you know, the guy missed six games and he plays yesterday like he didn't miss anything. I mean, it's just remarkable. I know he cost a fortune fantasy-wise with FanDuel or DraftKings, but you got to buy him. I mean, he just is their entire offense especially if you're in a PPR league where you get points per reception because he gets, you know, five to ten receptions every single game. So it's just remarkable. But Carolina, uh, give them a lot of credit. Uh, they, they led a good portion of this game. Uh, they're down nine. They drive the length of the field. They score a touchdown to cut it to two. Uh, but uh, they, they could not drive any further. The Chiefs defense actually came up big. 
Buffalo outscores Seattle 44-34. Most points given up by a Pete Carroll coached NFL team. Uh, as the Bills improved to 7-2, Seattle falls to 6-2. Russell Wilson, he killed my fantasy. You know, he threw for three touchdowns and he ran for another. So you would think on the surface, accounting for four touchdowns would be pretty good. And obviously it is. But when you turn the ball over four times, that's minus eight points in my league. That's... And that's one last touchdown. I only got like 22 points out of him in a game in which he threw for 300 yards and, and uh, again, was uh, accounting for four touchdowns. But those four turnovers, that's the second time he's done that in his career. They were playing behind the eight ball the entire way. Uh, they did cut it to one score in the second half, and I actually was telling my son who's a Seattle fan, I said, you know, they're going to end up winning this game. They are. But give Buffalo and Josh Allen credit. Every single time they were kind of pushed to the limit, they came through. Allen uh, threw for 282 yards in the first half alone, most this year by any quarterback. Ends up throwing for 400 yards, four touchdowns, runs one in, and uh, you know the, the Bills end up winning at 44-34. You know the Bills and Dolphins, the two best teams in the AFC East, are 5-1 and one against teams in the NFC West, which most people consider to be the best division in football with Seattle and the Rams and the Niners when they're healthy, and, and Arizona. <clears throat> Yet the Dolphins and uh, and Bills are actually 5-1, and one, Buffalo being 2-0 and oh, uh, in those. So uh, nice job by uh, Buffalo there. Atlanta knocks off Denver 34-27. Uh, Falcons approved to 3-6. and six. Denver falls to 3-5. and five. Uh, Falcons are 3-1 and one over uh, under my guy, Marie Morris. So they, they uh, kind of turned things around. They did have a big lead. They, they nearly blew it in the end. Drew Locke. You know, kind of like the Chicago Bears uh, decides that he'd every single game, same thing with him. You know, fourth quarter, if you could bottle him up in the fourth quarter and put him in the first three, you'd have yourself a Hall of Fame quarterback. He throws for 313, three touchdowns, including a, and a touchdown run. Um, but uh, they could not uh, recover an onside kick. And, uh, you know, the dopey announcer, I, these announcers are just stupid sometimes. I, I swear they're just dumb, you know. Denver scores, right, to cut the lead to 14, 34-20, under four minutes left. And the announcer, and I'm sorry I didn't write his name down, uh, says that, nah, nah, Denver shouldn't do an onside kick. Go ahead and kick off deep. Why? Because, well, no one recovers onside kicks. Well, they said 11 have been recovered over the last couple of years. Well, they, they, no, you know, you don't do it. Hey, listen, and of course they did, you know. Under four minutes left, down two scores. You're going to kick the ball deep. You're an idiot. I mean, that's why I suppose you're an announcer, not a, not a coach. I, I mean, again, you know, you'd be crucified, just like with the Tony Romo Dallas Cowboys situation. You'd be crucified. If you kick the ball deep with under four minutes left, down two scores, you wouldn't have a job today. I mean, some of these announcers, what are you thinking of? I, I say it a thousand times. These guys think it's an onside kick or try and force them three and out. It's not one or the other. You could do the onside kick and fail and still force them three and out. I, I'll never, I will never understand why any coach does not do that onside kick. Game is on the line. You're not going to win, but you got to give yourself a chance. You know, never in a million years kicked the ball deep there. If you don't recover the onside kick, just stop them three and out anyway at, the, at midfield versus at the 20-yard line. Uh, it's, it's just dumb. God, some of these guys are just idiots. Raiders uh, knock off of the Chargers 31-26. We talked about this one in the in the first uh, hour of the program. Final play of the game. <clears throat> Chargers think they score. They're celebrating. They go to review. 
the guy dropped the pass. It clearly was an incomplete pass. No argument there. So the Raiders win at 31-26. They improved to 5-3. and three. Chargers fall to 2-6. and six. They are creating new ways to lose. You know, first half of the season, it was the Atlanta Falcons finding new ways to lose. Uh, they've now found a new way to lose. Now it's, now it's the L.A. Chargers. Uh, the last three games, they've blown 17-point leads. Now, yesterday, they didn't do that, but, you know, they had a chance to win it. And uh, with Anthony Lynn, as we pointed out in the first hour, you got two cracks at the end zone from the four-yard line. Two cracks, final 10 seconds, right? You got Keenan Allen, your best player by far. He's having a terrific day, nine receptions for, you know, over 100 yards. And do they design either one of the two plays for him? No, they do not, you know? And that's why he's going to be fired at the end of the year. I mean, you have designed a play. You want to tell me you're going to do two fade patterns, which I hate, uh, one to Mike Williams, who should have caught the football, the other one to Parkham Jr., who should have caught the football. I will tell you that they both should have, but they both didn't. But here's the bottom line. You're throwing the ball to Parkham Jr. Who's he? Who's he, you may ask? Uh, I'll, I'll answer that. He's a nobody. He's an app game on the line, and you're designing a play <clears throat> for a tight end who has two receptions in his career. Two. You got one of the best wide receivers in the game in Keenan Allen. Are you designing a play for him, Anthony Lynn? No. Let's throw it to the guy who's got two receptions for his career. And again, you wonder why you're going to be fired at the end of the season. I mean, just getting on it. Just absolutely getting on it. We're coming up maybe with the best SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. But when you look at it, that would be a great race. Murray against Jackson. Murray has got elite quickness. How about his deep ball? Looking for Kirk. He's got him! Touchdown! A 56-yard strike! And when Christian Kirk ran that 40 at the combine, 4.47, you're going, that's pretty fast. But his game speed, I think, is a lot faster than that clock speed. He can creep up on the defensive back, straight line, give him a little move to the outside, and burst right by him to the post. There you go. Dolphins beat Arizona 34-31 as Tua, our guy, <clears throat> does a heck of a lot better. A heck of a lot better than he did uh, last week, both coming away with victories. Uh, even though this was a three-point win versus uh, an easier win last week. Still, Dolphins get the victory, 844-843-6879. Maybe take a phone call here, but let's continue along with our uh, rundown of the NFL games. Yep, Dolphins win it by three. They improved to five and three. Uh, Arizona falls to five and three. Uh, final sequence of the game, really the difference here, and that Arizona was driving. Could have done some more, you know, maybe win the game versus settling for a field goal. And pointed out in the first uh, hour of the program, 
Instead, they go conservative. They run an off-tackle play on second and four. They gain three yards. Then they throw a pass play with Kyler Murray, who has run for over 100 yards on 11 carries. You know, run a bootleg like they've been doing all game long. One of those read options. They have just been burning, just burning the Dolphins up all game long with that. And they try Kingsbury, who shows he's not an NFL head coach. He's just not. Uh, you know, tries to throw a pass with uh, Murray and uh, it, just an awful, awful pass. And uh, they had to settle for a 49-yard field goal. It was online, but it came up short, and the Dolphins win at 34-31. And that, that's a game in which uh, Arizona, uh, listen, I don't know if they would have won in overtime. I don't. Maybe they would have won if they would have scored a touchdown, but th- you just can't do that. You can't go conservative settling for 40-yard field goals. Those final two plays, uh, to my eyes, just just awful. So uh, give Murray credit. Give Tua credit. He threw well, you know, 200 uh, in, uh, yards, two touchdowns, 248 to be exact, and uh, had a couple of nice scrambles as well. Boy, he's as quick as lightning, and that's all fine and dandy. You know, you know he's winning, you know, like uh, you know, like Lamar Jackson. Not saying he's Lamar Jackson, but it's the same, you know, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tags, you know, these scrambling quarterbacks. They're going to get killed. They're, they're going to get killed. You know, we're already seeing the doubts with Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, for the Dolphin fans, who I include myself, that are going gaga over to and think he's the greatest thing in the world because he could scramble around and he's just so much faster than some of the others. Listen, they said the same thing about Lamar. The guy, the poor guy won a, an MVP last year, and they're already questioning whether he can win the big game this year because he's lost a couple of games. So if you think it's going to be any different for Tua, no. I, I don't want to – I've said this before. I don't want college football in the NFL. That's why I root against these guys. That's why I root against Lamar Jackson. That's why I root against Kyler Murray. That's why even though I'm a Dolphin fan, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rooting against Tua. I don't want to see the college game in the NFL. I don't want to see these dopey read options. I don't want to see my quarterback scrambling down the field. That's not football to me. It's college football. I get it. It's been part of the game. The veer, triple wing option. I, I get all that. that that's college. I don't want that in the NFL. I do not want my quarterback running down the field because it's only a matter of time. The list of examples are endless. You know, whether it's Dak Prescott, whether it's RG3, whether it's Jimmy G who blew out his leg yesterday, you know, it's it's just, it's going to end. You're not going to win. Ultimately, you are not going to win with these type of quarterbacks. Give me the guys that can scramble. You know, the Russell Wilsons of the world, if if need be. But I don't want to win football games because I'm designing 11 plays in the case of Arizona for my quarterback to run. Or I'm designing three, four, five, six plays for my quarterback to uh, to run. I, I just don't want to win that way. I, I just, I don't, and, and as it, not that I don't want to win that way, but I don't want to watch that. I just, that's not what I'm watching when it, when it comes to the NFL. I want to see quarterbacks drop back to pass, throw the football down the field. If I want to see scrambling, I'll go watch, you know, Topeka High versus uh, Parkland High. Uh, Pittsburgh knocks off Dallas 24-19. Steelers 8-0. Cowgirls fall to 2-7. Talked a lot about this game first hour, uh, so I won't spend that much time on it. You know, Pittsburgh uh, down double digits fourth quarter. Big Ben throws for three scores in the fourth. They end up winning it by five. Uh, Dallas still with a chance. Two chances in the final two and a half minutes. They thought they everything got screwed up. Uh, when they on fourth down couldn't complete a pass, uh, in fact couldn't even throw a pass as uh, Garrett Gilbert got sacked. But with three timeouts left, Pittsburgh decides to pass up by going for a field goal up five. Because you know many people wonder why, because uh, their field goal kicker was not having a great day. That that that's why uh, Boswell. He missed two extra points. One was blocked. One was no good. 
Uh, you know, they, they were getting pressure on him every single time. <clears throat> and I and I could just see Pittsburgh say, no, you know what? They, they The one field goal, the 59-yarder that he made, he had missed previously because of a timeout. It didn't count. So I, I am sure Mike Tomlin said, no, I have no faith in this guy. Not, not today. He's been our kicker for a long time. But you know what? Let's go and gain one yard, and the game is going to be over. So I don't have any problem with that, really. I don't. So especially with 38 seconds left, and you're handing the ball to Dallas at their own 15-yard line, you would think with no timeouts and Garrett Gilbert, and you with the best defense maybe in the NFL, you'd be able to stop them, right? You know, knowing that Dallas needs a touchdown. Well, Gilbert and the Cowgirls went right down the field. They got the football inside the 25-yard line. One last chance, but uh, no good. And uh, Pittsburgh holds on and wins the 24-19 as Ben throws. Uh, for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. And then New Orleans last night, uh, 38-3 over Tampa Bay. You heard that right. Uh, Drew Brees, four touchdown passes. They improved to 6-2. and two. Bucks fall to 6-3. and three. Four straight three and outs for Tom Brady. Mention his first hour. I want to know how many times that's happened in his career. You know, uh, not shut out. They did kick a field goal in the fourth quarter. But how many times has Tom Brady gone three and out Four straight times. And then on the fifth possession, he threw an interception, which is just remarkable in itself. So uh, the Saints improved to, uh, again, 6-2, and two, which is now a game and a half ahead of Tampa Bay because now they've beaten the Bucs twice, so they would hold the head-to-head tiebreaker. So it looks like uh, New Orleans is going to be your uh, NFC uh, South champ, which means, even more importantly, Tampa Bay is going to be on the road, which means as long as things line up the way they are, the winner of the NFC least will be hosting Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, insurmountable? Uh, you don't know. You know, you just don't know what Tom Brady is going to be like at the end of the year. You know, Tennessee went in New England and, and knocked off Brady last year. But knowing that you're getting Tampa Bay more than likely as the uh, East champ, whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia or Washington, uh, uh, and I must, you know, just as soon face like the Vikings or, uh, you know, the, even the Packers or the or the uh, 49ers or Rams or, you know, pick a team and not not Tampa Bay. But that's how it's lining up right now. Favorite seven and four straight up four and seven against the spread yesterday with one pick them uh, home teams went five and seven, six and six against the spread and over unders seven overs, four unders with last night's game going under. And uh, you had one push. So. That uh, recaps the NFL as far as that's concerned. I will tell you, tough day for Dan Marino in that, although he obviously did not play, uh, but Lamar Jackson ties Marino's uh, 25-5 and record for best 30-game start of a career, and Mahomes passed Dan Marino as fast as to get the 100 career touchdown passes, 40. Dan did it in 44. How about the uh, Dez Bryant versus Le'Veon Bell versus Antonio Brown, Scott? Well, they all three played yesterday. Dez Bryant did play. Uh, for Baltimore, didn't have any receptions, uh, only played like three or four snaps, but he got in there. And I tell you, um, Dez afterwards was as good as Dez has been leading up to this. I mean, he was thrilled. He he was like a kid in a candy store saying, go ahead, knock yourself out. Say how thankful he was being back in the NFL and being able to be on the, the Ravens, a great team win. Blah, blah, you know, so, uh, so far, so good for Dez Bryant. Absolutely. For a guy that had a little bit of a reputation when he left Dallas a couple of years ago, He's been humbled by the lack of interest and the injuries, and uh, he's got the right attitude. That is for darn sure. So he's now turned into a guy that you could actually, not that you necessarily rooted against, but, you know, he was he was in that prima donna, you know, Chad Ochocinco, you know, Terrell Owens mode, me, 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 me. But uh, he, he's turned into a, a good guy, so no snaps or uh, no receptions for him, insignificant. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, four carries, 
eight yards yesterday. One reception for minus five. Um, they only ran uh, Kansas City nine times to running backs yesterday. You know, we talked about the Buccaneers uh, last night only running four times to running backs. Four, which is amazing. And Kansas City, not much better. Only nine. Le'Veon, just a couple of carries. Insignificant. Now this is game number three, right? We had the first game. Well, you write it off. The first game, he doesn't know that many plays. Okay. Then we had the Jets last week in a game in which he's had two weeks of practice. Chance to kind of get his mark in there against the club that he hates. Nothing. And now game number three. Close game against Carolina. They definitely need a lot of offense trailing most of the way. Insignificant. Three straight games for Le'Veon Bell. How long? Go ahead. How long is it going to be before we hear Le'Veon bitch and moan? Now, all three of those games were victories for Kansas City. So if he really bitches, then he's really going to look like a buffoon. But you know what? This is the NFL. Uh, it doesn't you know, matter whether it's wins, losses, ties, whatever the case may be. Common sense, no common sense. But doesn't matter. Uh, I, I'm giving him, if he's got another game, and they're in a bye week this week, so maybe, just maybe, but if they come after that bye week, which would now be five weeks of practice for Le'Veon, and he's not a bigger part of this offense, oh, yeah. Yep, we're going to hear Bell maybe not rip the team, but we're going to hear sources say Le'Veon's disappointed he signed with Kansas City. You wait and see. You mark it down. We're going to get these little leaks about how Bell is all upset that he's with the Chiefs and he's basically a nobody, which is what he is on that football team. He is an absolute nobody. Antonio Brown, three receptions last night for 31 yards in his Buccaneers debut. Uh, they did throw it to him, obviously, a few more times than what the other guys got. But was he a significant factor in the game? No, he was not. And NBC did a you know a fairly decent job. They brought it up, but they didn't harp on ABAB. They didn't. So. Out of the three, I, I guess you'd say A.B., you know, uh, because he had 31 yards at least versus Bell's eight and, and minus five receiving, and, and Des Bryant had nothing. So, But uh, it really, for all intents and purposes, none of the you know three uh, played any role whatsoever. So I'm guessing Brown will play nice for a few weeks. And really, you know what they should tell A.B.? They should say, you know what, stop talking to the media. Uh, just... Stop talking to them. Uh, they held a press conference again before the game last night. No need to do that, except it is a Sunday night game, so okay. They really should pull him aside and say, stop talking. We'll handle it. We'll tell the media, you know, you're, you're done talking. You just want to play football. You've done all the, the pregame stuff. You've done all the I'm back in the NFL. You've done all the I'm back with Tom Brady stuff. Now just stay, do yourself a favor, Amy. Stay away from the media because it's only a matter of time before you say something stupid. So just don't talk, and we'll take the heat for that. But uh, they're the big three, if you will. Uh, none of the three making any kind of significant uh, role uh, in their games. College football, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. But, um, boy, a good game, uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. You talk about how the big weeks have fallen. Uh, how about Michigan 1-2 and two, losing again at Indiana, getting whacked? First time in 25 games they've lost versus the, the Hoosiers. Penn State falls to 0-3. They get knocked off by Maryland at home. They get crushed. My Cornhuskers are 0-2. Florida beats Georgia, you know, basically eliminating the Bulldogs from title picture. And uh, how about Liberty upsetting Virginia Tech and probably the game of the weekend? VTech blocks a field goal try, returns it for a touchdown final play of the game, only to find out their head coach pulled the timeout 
and Liberty gets another track, they a crack at the field goal, and they make it, and they win at the buzzer. Wow, that's a tough one. Good action in college football. We'll break it all down to a little more tomorrow. They do the bad beat. Goes up top of the winner for the next game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Morning. Let us close up shop with a couple of things. Let's update first up poll questions. Yes, plural there. We had two today. Uh, pick one quarterback for your NFL team next 10 years. And uh, Joe Burrows uh, leading the way, 44%. Herbert, 36 uh, Two at tags, uh, 12 and other at uh, 8%. Our second poll question, because uh, we were so smart today, best program's biggest fall from grace uh, 0-3, Penn State, 46%. Michigan at 1-2, 40%. Nebraska, 7%. And other getting uh, 5.5% with Florida State dominating those others, which is a, a pretty good pick. As far as our uh, pick tonight, you know, I, I, I know this may sound crazy, but I'm going to play a hunch. I, I think the Jets are going to play a good game. I'll, I'll take the Jets. We saw last Monday night where the Giants played Tampa Bay tough, uh, albeit in a loss as a double-digit home underdog. Jets, same scenario tonight. I'm going to go with the Jets. That Patriot offense has been brutal. The Jets' defense has been actually halfway decent. I don't know if they win outright. I would not be surprised. I really would not be surprised at all with a Jets win. I think it's going to be Flacco tonight. Uh, give me the Jets. I'll take them plus the 10 against an a, a inept, uh, a uh, inept uh, uh, New England Patriot offense. A couple of stories here that we didn't have time to get to that I do want to delve into a little bit more tomorrow. How about Trevor Lawrence Saturday night, you know, was on the sidelines. What am I missing here? You know, we have had the coronavirus for how long now? Six, seven, eight months, right? He, you know, was able to, he was cleared to play, but he couldn't play because he had needed to complete a three-part screening test for myocarditis, uh, which is a heart test. So it's a problem. How come I've never heard of that before? How come I've never, whether it's college, whether it's NBA, hockey, whatever, I've never heard of an athlete being through quarantine and then having to go through this heart test. Very, very weird. Uh, That's all I'll say about that, as Notre Dame does win and helps themselves tremendously. So in college football, got to be happy. Uh, Good job by everyone involved. We'll take some phone calls tomorrow, I promise. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Go Jets. How about that? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.